Welcome to The Bull and the Bear, a money and markets podcast. We give you the advice you need to know to make investing safe and profitable. With The Bull and the Bear podcast, you'll get exclusive access to some of the top thinkers, analysts, advisors, and gurus in the investment business. And now for your hosts, Matt Clark and Charles Sizemore. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Clark, research analyst with Money and Markets here with your weekend edition of the Bull and the Bear podcast. Now, um, I want to make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel if you're coming to us from maybe you've picked it up organically or maybe you just saw it. Make sure you do subscribe. We've got a lot of new features that we're, uh, we have on our YouTube channel, including uh, new videos with Adam O'Dell, Charles Sizemore, myself. Uh, we also have a new community that we've a uh, membership community that we've started on our YouTube channel that gives you more insight into right now the cannabis market. And we hope to expand that a little bit more, but you can click the little join button uh, down at the bottom on our YouTube uh, channel, on our YouTube page there in the middle and uh, find out more information on what that means. Also, uh, I want to make sure you're checking out our website, moneymarkets.com. Uh, there we, pr- we produce every day, safe, sound, smart, simple, profitable investment information uh, just for you. Sign up for our free daily e-letter. Uh, in it, we provide you all that information from myself, from Charles, from Adam, uh, from uh, you know, our entire team. Uh, and we produce that, produce that to you. You get it every single day. Yes, even the weekends. We do make Charles Sizemore work on the weekends. Uh, and uh, we produce that for you. Send it to your email inbox for free. So now I'm going to move on with today's podcast. Just to kind of get to get into it. Now, in our midweek podcast, uh, we, I, I talked about the recent FDA approval uh, of an Alzheimer's treatment from Biogen Incorporated, that uh, company trades on the NASDAQ under BIIB. Uh, you can listen to that podcast uh, on any of your favorite podcast indicators, and, and please do so. Um, and, and, but I want to kind of take a little different approach today, and, and I have the benefit of bringing in Adam O'Dell and Charles Sizemore to talk about this. Uh, for a little bit of background, you know, the announcement on, it was on Monday, uh, that the FDA was going to approve this drug, and it's kind of a longer name. It's shortened a little bit, but I won't get into it. Uh, you know, it pushed Biostep, Biogen stock upwards dramatically, as you would kind of anticipate. The, the stock jumped about 60% at one point uh, uh, during trading on Monday. It paired back some of those gains later in the day. Uh, but re- regardless, uh, it's indicative of traders that are trading on headlines uh, rather than really on fundamental or technical analysis. We'll get into that in just a second. Now, if you dig deeper, uh, if you remember back in November, if you've been following maybe this stock particular or maybe this drug particular, um, the FDA initially said in November that it had enough evidence uh, to approve the drug. But at the, around the same time, an independent panel of experts that is commissioned by the FDA uh, refused to back that claim. They actually said the data uh, from the drug trial was unconvincing, uh, which is speak for, yeah, you just don't have it yet. Um, on top of all that, uh, it was later discovered, I think this was on Tuesday, the day after the FDA announcement this week, I know I'm kind of jumping timelines a little bit, um, Biogen said that it was charging a, and you'll love this, $56,000 per year per patient for the new treatment. Uh, Biogen CEO said something akin to the Alzheimer's costs uh, around 600 billion in the U.S., so it's time to kind of invest in treatments and 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 uh, and the like. So fifty-six thousand dollars. He wasn't necessarily saying, yeah, it might be high or no, it's just right. He says, you know what? We've been spending so much on Alzheimer's, we shouldn't be investing. And fifty-six thousand dollars a year per patient seems to be kind of a drop in the bucket. Uh, now, this could classify this new treatment as, as what what was called a novel drug, and the novel drug. Uh, at least by FDA definition, is a drug that serves an unmet medical need or helps advance patient care and public health. So I did a little digging and, and I found that uh, between 2008 and 2020, um, the number of, no- of these novel drugs that have been approved by the FDA 
uh, kind of provides a little bit of interesting insight. From 2008 to 2018, that's a 10 year span, the average number of novel drugs approved by the FDA or basically the, the Center for Drug Evaluation Research um, was about 32. Now in 2018, the FDA approved 59 novel drugs. Uh, and then in uh, 2019, they cut that back a little bit. It was only 48. And then in 2020, they approved 53 novel drugs. So to kind of circle back, uh, 2020 was the second highest number of novel drug approvals by the FDA in any year since 2018, or 2008 rather. Um, so the, 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 the numbers are showing a big increase and that could be for a lot of different reasons. We won't necessarily get into that, but um, you know, in terms of Alzheimer's treatments, you know, Biogen is certainly not alone in developing new drugs. The Biotechnology Innovation Organization uh, found that there were 13 Alzheimer's drugs of various, uh, you know, various degrees in phase three of development. That would be considered the final phase before uh, moving on to approval. Uh, and that was in 2019. On top of that, there are 34 in phase two, 27 in phase one. So basically the, the, the round here is that there are a lot of other drugs that are, you know, moving closer to being, uh, to being approved by the FDA in some form or fashion. So, um, but Biogen was first to the market and, and we saw that evident by its stock push. Now I'm going to bring in Chief Investment Strategist Adam O'Dell, Greens on Fortunes Coder Charles Sizemore. I want to talk about um, not just Biogen's FDA approval, which we're going to talk about uh, uh, at length, but I also want to kind of dive into this novel drug approach um, because just to clarify, all three of us, uh, I'll speak for all three of us, are very bullish in terms of biotech, genomics, uh, and, 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 pharma, and, that, and that sector. Um, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that, uh, you know, recently uh, Adam discussed a, a, a very strong uh, biotech pharmaceutical pick in, in the May issue of Greens on Fortunes. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I definitely encourage you to uh, maybe I'll put a link up here at the top uh, to get how you can get more information to uh, sign up for Greens on Fortunes and find out more. So first, um, uh, Charles Eismore, to kind of hit on a point here, the FDA made this approval for this Biogen drug without uh, you know an independent panel approving it. Uh, they called the clinical data, you know, kind of meh, if you will. So without a good amount of data, strong data to back it up, is this a good practice by the FDA to, to, to approve something like this? Well, you kind of have to look at it in kind of the context of a bigger picture. There's a pendulum and it swings. On one extreme, you have absolute total safety. If the FDA never approved a new drug, there would never be anybody that died of side effects of a new drug because there's no new drug to die of, right? Like it, there, you have total 100% new drug safety because the regulations are so strict, nothing ever gets approved. On the other end, there's no regulation at all. It's a free-for-all. You have maximum innovation because companies, you know, would be a lot more, you know, the, the barrier, you know, that, that bar for profitability would be a lot lower. So you could really just come to the market with anything and kind of hope for the best. The, the pendulum kind of swings both ways. It, it gets too strict at times and then it gets too loose at other times. We're kind of getting into that looser territory here that you could say as good, you could say it's bad. I would say it can get too far, but where it is now is probably good. Now, what, what, does, that, what does that mean for an investor? Um, you know, Adam in the past has talked about sort of a barbell approach where you have some you know, biotech and genomic plays that are highly speculative on one side. It's that you know, proverbial plate of spaghetti you throw on the wall and you, you see what noodles stick. Like that's, that's one extreme. 
The other extreme is a mature company, been around for a while you know, with a good portfolio of, of, of products and, and a good pipeline of new products coming. Um, you know, that, that's that other extreme. Well, if you're in a more permissive environment, it pays to take a little bit more risk. There could be more opportunities in that uh, more speculative corner of the market. In a stricter environment, you know, those, those upstarts or upstarts, those startups are not really, you know, they don't have, they're not going to make it, right? So in a more strict environment, you, you do need to focus more on those big established players. So what, what, what does that mean for us? It means in this environment, because it is a little bit more lax, you know, there could be some more opportunities in those kind of more speculative uh, startups. Okay. Now, uh, Adam Odell, you know, these novel drugs do have the potential to produce nice financial windfalls for the companies that develop them and more so their investors. Explain how they do that. Sure. Well, I mean, novel drugs, uh, you know, is essentially give uh, a company first mover status. So it allows them to get into the market uh, relatively quickly and before other companies and allows them to, you know, start to build market share and build revenue and build profitability for that particular drug while they do have, you know, a target on their backs. And while do, other companies are developing similar drugs or potentially better drugs down the road, uh, obviously, after a length of time, generics are really able to come in and take over um, from the in the generics market. But it really gives a company that is able to, to develop um, a novel drug a, a first mover status, some bit of a, of a moat, a competitive moat, uh, based on their regulatory approval, where other companies uh, don't have that. So it is um, it's a finite period of time, so it doesn't last forever. Uh, so it's not a permanent mode, but it is certainly a, a multi-year mode if they can uh, do it right. Now, obviously, you have to look at what, the, what it costs to get them that novel drug. So you have to look at the R&D, uh, the research and development costs of what it um, you know, costs to bring that drug to, um, to, to approval, and then what they're um, spending on selling um, and marketing that drug as well. So there is a, a return on an investment aspect of that. But certainly, companies that are doing novel drug discovery are not only doing a great service to the community and, and to the society by coming up with... Uh, you know, novel novel treatments and novel cures to diseases that have plagued us for a long time, but they also have so, something about profitability uh, incentive. Obviously, have a profitability incentive to do that. Uh, but if they get out first, they can uh, typically gobble up market share. And, and we saw that, like I said, with Biogen. You know, its its stock not it popped in November when the FDA said there was enough evidence to to uh, you know to support approving this this Alzheimer's treatment. And and let's put it in context a little bit. There has not been an Alzheimer's treatment approved by the FDA since 2003. Um, so it has been, you know, uh, 18 years since there has been a, a potential marketable treatment for Alzheimer's. Now, all that said, and, and I'm going to point this towards Adam as well, Biogen's approval seems to be more based on a reduction of, of plaques and without getting too medically deep in the weeds just so you know that, you know, plaques play a central role in Alzheimer's. Uh, there is a, a, a very long drawn out definition as to how that works, but the, the approval was based, seems like, seems like it was based more on that reduction of plaques and not necessarily on any clinical signs of improvement in patients' cognitive function, which, you know, is, is a, a key component for Alzheimer's. Is that unique? Um, yeah, I, I believe it is unique. I, I can't say that there aren't other cases of this, but I think it's an important um, distinction here. So basically, you explained it well, but 
the idea is that a lot of uh, you know a lot of drug trials they need to show the FDA that whatever clinical symptoms that a patient with this disease actually presents to their physician that those um, those clinical signs are relieved. There's either a reduction in migraines if it's a migraine medication, or there's a reduction in uh, cognitive dementia um, and things of that nature. So. Um, typically, that's kind of the, the bulletproof uh, evidence that, hey, this drug is not only working biologically in the body, but it's actually manifesting in observable behaviors and observable um, functions. Uh, so my understanding is that that was a very controversial finding uh, of Biogen's drug, that there was a lot of uh, disagreement whether that the evidence was actually strong enough that cognitive uh, cognitive decline was actually stopped or slowed in, in Alzheimer's patients. And I think that what they did is when they couldn't prove that, um, you know, airtight, they looked back and they said, well, we can prove uh, more substantially that these amyloid plaques, which are known to cause all of these cognitive impairments, that the presence and the, the volume of the, of the amyloid plaques was, was decreased by this drug that um, they just got approval for. So I think that uh, the FDA is using what I'll call a step of logic. And the step of logic is, well, if the thing that causes this cognitive, uh, these cognitive declines, uh, if this thing is reduced, then by logic, we should see improvement in those cognitive functions. And so they're kind of using, uh, I wouldn't use the word faith, but they're using a, a step of logic there. And I think that's unique. Um, I don't want to call them desperate, but you know, the fact that they haven't approved a, a new Alzheimer's drug for a couple of decades, I think that they're like, well, you know, this is the best thing we've got right now. Uh, Biogen is required to do follow-up studies, so they don't have a permanent approval, so to speak. Uh, the approval could be withdrawn at any point if uh, those further trials that they are obligated to do uh, don't show satisfactory results. So it's still kind of like a to-be-determined situation. But what I think is important about this is that it actually has an implication for genomics. So genomics is basically trying to treat diseases at, at the DNA level. And why I think that this approval um, from, for Biogen is important is that it kind of, we can use the same steps of logic and say, well, if we know that this particular gene in the human genome causes this disease, and if a company is able to figure out how to alter that gene in a way that it uh, removes the mutation or it removes, removes the part of it that causes the disease, then you can use that stepwise logic to say, well, we should see cognitive impairment or whatever improvement in the clinical signs uh, based on that uh, gene editing um, type of function. So I think that if the FDA is willing to do that, this for Biogen, that down the road, they are gonna be willing to do it a little bit more loosely with <clears throat> uh, you know, genomic DNA-based treatment. So I think that's kind of a, kind of a it's, it's early, but I think it's kind of an interesting tell here. It, it does have the potential to open that door to, to, you know, to companies that specify in genomics and gene therapy uh, to say, well, if you do it for one, you know, you kind of have to look and, and, and do it for others. Uh, and, and yeah, Biogen is, is kind of, I, I think, step of logic. I was going to say leap of faith, but I think you said the step of logic. I think that, that sounded a lot nicer than where I was going in terms of how the FDA was looking at this approval. And just before I get to my final question, uh, just everyone, and I covered this in, in the, in the uh, podcast midweek, but just so you know, there are uh, other drugs here that, to talk about. Eli Lilly is very close uh, to uh, an Alzheimer's treatment. And interestingly enough, 
the partner biogen's partner on this drug is a japanese firm and i think it's esai i believe is e-i-s-e-i or something like that is is the company uh they are actually also very close to developing their own alzheimer's treatment and to kind of put a finer point on that uh profits potential profits from this alzheimer's drug by biogen uh the japanese partner esai is entitled to i believe 55% of the profits here in the United States and 80% of the profits in Japan. So uh, Biogen, while it's, it, it could be a, a great potential for them in terms of the actual profits they'll be making, uh, they'll be significantly reduced because of their partnership uh, with this Japanese entity. Now, uh, Charles Sizemore, I'm going to ask you both this question. I'm going to ask it one at a time. Charles, um, just kind of really circle back, finish up the picture here. How should biotech investors, meaning those who are interested in looking at genomics, biotech, pharmaceutical, how should they look at things like these novel drug approvals when deciding what to invest in? Well, no, that, that's a good question. It, it does kind of come back to what your objective is. Are you looking for that stock that might go up hundreds or thousands of percent because they have this new cutting edge uh, treatment that, that changes the world, or are you looking for something more slow and steady? So it really kind of comes down to you know your your your, your risk tolerance. When you do have a more you know uh, lax, I hate to use the word lax because it sounds like you know someone's not doing their job, but a more um, let's just say open, relaxed approach, a relaxed approach, a more open, a more innovative approach to uh, approval processes and whatnot. I really do think this this benefits those smaller, more speculative players. So I, I think it makes those more doable. Uh, there is an environment in which you just don't want to take that kind of risk ever. Um, this, makes a, this makes it a more uh, kind of risk tolerant atmosphere. So I, I think it does kind of open, uh, open the field a little bit for, uh, you, know, you want to put your whole net worth into something like this? Obviously not, but it does clearly uh, kind of open the field more for a more aggressive approach. Okay. And Adam Odell, I'll ask the same question uh, of you. How, how, should bio, how should investors interested in the biotech, pharmaceutical, genomic sector look at things like novel drug approvals and, and, and the like when deciding what to invest in? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think we could call it like innovation favorable if you want to put a better term on it. Um, but I think the FDA is basically trying to balance, as, as Charles said, the, the need for safety as well as coming up with new novel and innovative uh, drugs. So, and beyond just the barbell approach where you have some companies that are commercialized and have very re regular revenues and regular earnings uh, versus the more speculative names, you, you have you know, generic providers in there, you have drug distributors, you have uh, DNA companies that just do their research, you have uh, genomics co companies that just supply the uh, kind of the materials and, and, um, and whatnot to do the research. So kind of like picks and shovels plays. So the, the ecosystem of biotech and genomics is very diverse. You're not just, just uh, solely focused on companies that will or won't get approval. Um, and among those, I mean, Charles, you love that spaghetti analogy. I guess you've got kids that must throw spaghetti against the wall, but what, yeah, the way no I would it, <laughs> I guess that's something to look forward to. But um, yeah, the way I would look at it is more like the venture capital model where you know, you're, you're placing investments in a hundred different uh, startups and you know that Maybe if you're lucky, five of them out of the hundred will actually do something and the rest may turn to zeros or, or rather large losses. So uh, it's kind of that, that venture model with some of the more speculative names. But my point is, um, you know, the, the ecosystem is very diverse and, and to have a, a, a well-rounded biotech portfolio, you really kind of need to look at all the different spots. And, and that's what we try to help our readers do. 
And uh, again, uh, just as, as a reminder, and I'll see if we can put a, a link up here to find out more about Green Zone Fortunes and, and how you can kind of get inside the mind of Adam O'Dell and Charles Sizemore and, 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 and our bullish view on biotech and, and genomics, uh, I encourage you to check out Green Zone Fortunes. And you can do that. Like I said, we'll try to put a link up there uh, so you can find out more. And uh, in terms of just to kind of close it all up. Uh, if you are looking at Biogen uh, right now in our green zone rating system on moneymarkets.com, it, it, we are neutral. It ranks about a 40, uh, I want to say a 45, 47 in that, in that range. Uh, so, and, and if you remember uh, when I talked about it in the podcast uh, earlier this week, uh, really the run-up in price has kind of nullified any potential strong rewards that you might have. So uh, risk reward right now, as I, as I talked to Adam about it earlier in the week, uh, risk reward is kind of put those people looking for massive profit out of range right now. The risk is, is really pretty high in terms of you actually getting a, any, any kind of a, a substantial return on an investment right now because of the Monday price run. Now, could it go up farther? Uh, of course it could. You know, there's, there's, none of us have crystal balls. None of us are peering into our, our lenses of, of the future to say it is or it isn't. Of course it could. It's just right now, if you look at a risk versus reward, uh, the price right now of Biogen is very high. Uh, and, and so the, re the, the reward pot potential is much less, the risk potential is much higher. So uh, that, that kind of circles it all up and, and puts a nice tiny bow. Thank you guys. Uh, definitely appreciate you coming on this weekend uh, for the weekend edition of the Bull and the Bear. Love your insights. Make sure you do uh, check out our YouTube channel. If you're new to the YouTube channel, make sure you subscribe, click that notification bell, get notified every time we put out a new video. A lot of great stuff. Ask Adam anything. I get to ask Adam O'Dell anything you want. Investing with Charles Sizemore, he breaks down stocks like no one else can and tells you whether they are stocks for your portfolio or ones you should just back away from. Uh, I have the marijuana market update as well. Uh, and our new uh, YouTube community membership, just click join if you want to find out more, uh, providing a lot more insight uh, and, and information in the cannabis market. Uh, you can do that as well. If you have a comment, question, concern, anything like that, email us feedback at moneyandmarkets.com. Drop that down below. Uh, and we are more than happy to, uh, to, uh, to, to take that on. So until, uh, until next time, uh, for Adam O'Dell, Chief, uh, Chief, uh, Chief Investment Strategist, I'll spit it out, and Greens Unfortunate's co-editor Charles Sizemore, I am Money Markets Research Analyst Matt Clark, wishing everyone safe trading. You've been listening to The Bull and the Bear, a Money and Markets podcast. Tune in each week to hear insights on how to make investing safe and profitable for you.